This is Ethan, and I'm here with Dave, and together we are Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, episode 41-inch. On this week's episode, we celebrate the one-year anniversary of Weird Al's Squeezebox Grammy by interviewing Mike Duquette, the editorial supervisor for its creation and release. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. It's a podcast about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Seriously, the whole podcast is about Weird Al. You don't have to listen, but we're glad you are. Dave, I'm so glad we finally got to release our Jonah Ray interview last week. The feedback we got on that episode was incredible. People loved that episode. I even talked to people who listened to it multiple times. I didn't even listen to him multiple times, Dave, and I was there. <laughs> I listened to it multiple times. Was it me that you were talking to? No, but <laughs> no, it was really fun to get to share that with people. You know, I know a lot of people wished they could have been there. So this was kind of the second best thing for them. So glad to get that out there. And if you haven't listened to it yet, or if you haven't re-listened to it yet, be sure to go check out episode 40 inch. It was so cool getting to meet so many people at that event. I know we picked up a lot of fans at that event. And one fan in particular that we picked up, we met this great guy, Don Ferlazzo. That's right. Dave and Ethan's 2000 inch Weird Al podcast is brought to you in part by the Don Ferlazzo Allstate Agency in Clifton Park, New York. If you drive like crazy or are about to buy you a condo, Don Ferlazzo and his team can help you with crazy good auto, home, and renter's insurance. Plus, the Ferlazzo agency can protect all your favorite stuff, like your lucky, lucky autographed glow-in-the-dark snorkel. You may think your insurance is good enough for now, but don't wait one more minute. Find the Ferlazzo Allstate on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, or call 518 278 3543 for a free quote today. The Ferlazzo Agency, we sell insurance, and that's all. Don is an amazing sponsor. We're so happy to have him on our sponsorship family. You too can sponsor the podcast over at patreon.com slash 2000inch. You know what we haven't talked about in a while? Our amazing theme song! Only the greatest theme song in the history of podcasts. Or theme songs. Of course, that theme song was done by the incredibly talented, amazing Jim Kimo West. Don't forget Grammy nominated. That's right. We're on the one year anniversary of the Grammy Awards. Let's talk about the great nomination that Jim Kimo West got last year. Yeah. And as we've mentioned for the past month or so, Jim Kimo West has been touring the country as part of the International Guitar Night. Don't worry. There's still about a month left to catch this awesome tour. So be sure to head over to jimkemowest.com for tour dates. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for his awesome monthly newsletter. And don't forget, you can also follow Jim on Twitter at Westernmost. You know, there's this Twitter page that I just found the other day is the most amazing Twitter in the world. It is at Al Yankovic. Whoa, I didn't know Al had his own Twitter account that he has retweeted tweets that we were mentioned in before. It's true. It's true. He does have his own Twitter account. And one of the most recent things he just posted on it was he was on this episode of Blaze and the Monster Machines, and he plays this character called Litter Critter. And it actually just aired yesterday on Nickelodeon, but there's a clip on Al's 
Twitter page, and it is Al singing as the Litter Critter. He is a purple raccoon. It is the cutest thing in the world. You definitely got to go check that out. If you're not subscribed to Al's Twitter, that is at Al Yankovic. Dave, I was doing some deep, deep research, and I found this really interesting social media platform called Instagram. And it turns out that Al's wife, Suzanne, at Suzanne Yankovic Photo, tweeted this week that it was her and Al's 19-year anniversary. Happy anniversary, Al and Suzanne. Happy 19th wedding anniversary to Al and Suzanne. And speaking of anniversaries, Monday was the one-year anniversary of Weird Al, Megan Foley, and Annie Stoll winning the Grammy Award for Best Boxed or Special Limited Edition Package. We were happy to interview Annie and Megan within a week of them winning the Grammy, but of course we didn't air that until the podcast launched a few months later. But anyway... On the one-year anniversary, we are very happy to talk to Mike Duquette, a Sony copywriter who had a huge part in the creation and release of Al's Squeezebox set. We are very excited to welcome the editorial supervisor from the Squeezebox Weird Al box set. Please welcome Michael Duquette. How's it going, Mike? Hey, Dave. Hey, Ethan. Good to hear from you. Great to talk to you. We're, we're so excited to finally have you on. We met you back over the summer. That's right. Yeah, that was uh, my, uh, I guess it was my third time seeing Al. I'm sure you guys have seen him a lot more than I have. A couple more <laughs> times. <laughs> a couple more times that week, but yeah, we, we've seen him a few times. <laughs> That's awesome. So did you grow up in the New York area? I did. I'm from uh, I'm from a town called South Plainfield, New Jersey. New Jersey. Uh, yeah, you know <laughs> we exist. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I've been I've lived there for most of my life. And then not long after I started working for Sony uh, full time, I uh, I moved uh, to here in lovely Astoria, Queens. Oh, wonderful. Oh, so you're like so, right outside Forest Hill Stadium. So you yeah, it was <laughs> it was very easy to get to the show. Which I love. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah that that day was insane. It was what like 95 degrees. I think it might have been hotter. Yeah. <laughs> it may have uh, it may have gotten into the triple digits. I remember thinking, wow. how is uh, how is Al going to do this with these costumes? But he uh, he pulled it off. You know, especially seeing Al 18 times in the last tour. He performed <laughs> in a hundred degree weather exactly the same as he performed, you know, in a air conditioned theater. He is just that yeah. amazing of a performer that he, you know, you can't tell that he's uncomfortable or sweating or right <laughs> melting. He is, you know, you know, the the phrase consummate performer is is kind of a cliche, but I think for him, uh, it it applies. Yeah, definitely. And we're obviously very interested in the squeeze box. Uh, Dave and oh, I my gosh. each have more than one. I don't know if Dave wants to <laughs> say how many he has, but I have wow. I have one of each. Uh, Dave, do you want to say how many you have? Well, I have two of each, but I also have that test pressing set. Oh, so you're one of the, the 27. I'm one of 27, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Michael, are you one of the other 27? Uh, I am not. I have. I've got two. Um, one at home and one uh, at my desk. Uh, okay. uh, I, I love to show it off to to folks who are in the office. Um, I remember not long after it came out. Um, this is a rare, a rare name drop for me. We had uh, Joan Jett in the office. Oh, and, oh uh, cool. 
we uh i you know someone brought her over and introduced her to me and i uh showed her the box and she's like oh this is really cool and in my head i'm like your one of your songs is on there sort of (laughs) (laughs) and it took everything not to just say that right like a a homer simpson type (laughs) wow that is so cool yeah it was it's been pretty great i would love to have one at my desk i think that would be so cool what a flex on my other coworkers. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. It's like it's like you know, it's like it's like you think some people you know show off like photos of their kids, and you know, I have I've got photos of my my lovely <laughs> girlfriend and and other people, but um, you know, but I also have uh, <laughs> big uh, plastic three uh, D printed accordion. <laughs> So tell us, what was your role on on Squeezebox, and and what does it mean to be the editorial supervisor? So essentially, um, you know, my my day-to-day at uh, Legacy, which I've been working at for about close to, I think about seven and a half years now, close to that. My day-to-day is um, with a lot of uh, editorial, and that is, you know, my background is I'm I'm a writer. It's my my trade. Um, A lot of the sort of the public facing uh words from the label come from from largely from me would be that social media copy Hmm. um you know uh not a whole lot of press and publicity um but uh you know description product descriptions things like that um so you know i work with a lot of different artists but al is you know someone i've always loved and when um, I guess when we started, uh, I sort of put a document together, sort of explaining, I think, to to Alan Jay, you know, here's what we're trying to put together for this. We would like to do a, a release compiling all of your your work for Sony Music, which, of course, at that point, um, mandatory fund had already come out. So it was, you know, sort of a, a complete body of work, as it were. Mm-hmm. And um, so I I wrote a lengthy sort of, you know, sort of album by album. Uh, Hey, here's all the things we might like to do with it. Here's some rare tracks we might like to put in it. And then, um, you know, not long afterward, I got, um, you know, sort of a call from our, you know, our teams saying, would you like to sort of help run point sort of on this on this project? It was myself and um, and. you know, another uh, gentleman by the name of Jim Lane, who, uh, who I worked with. Um, and we, um, we were out there. So we, it started with, uh, you know, Bermuda, you know, it's like we, he has all the, the photos. Um, so we went to his house one day, um, or one week, I suppose it was a couple, <laughs> couple days. Okay. We, uh, and, and, you know, his, I mean, any Al fan knows that, the man has saved just about everything. Uh, you know, he is the the keeper of the flame, as it were. So we <laughs> spent days just rooting through boxes of memorabilia and photos. And, you know, of course, I had my copy of Nathan Rabin's book, uh, but there was things that I never even imagined existed. Um, all, a lot of which we, uh, we, we strove to put in, uh, in the book that comes with Squeezebox. And, uh, of course, the Sony Music Archive as well, you know, photos that, that uh, Al has, you know, professional photo shoots he's done over the years that, that the, the label owns. Um, hmm. So, and then also from, a, you know, from a text side of, you know, side of things, 
it was just sort of making sure that all the liner notes were, you know, proper and, you know, what every, you know, every album was, oh, originally released as, you know, Scotty Brothers and this selection number and making sure all the songwriters were spelled correctly and, you know, sort of maintaining the, uh, the integrity of what you would get in, uh, you know, a complete album collection sort of set, uh, making sure all those I's were dotted and T's were crossed. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, of course, also working with the inestimably brilliant Annie Stoll and Megan Foley, who, you know, sort of I gave them all the photo research and said, okay, this is, you know, this is from that era. This is, you know, this is from even worse. This is from UHF. Um, I often joke that I have one of the only jobs in the world where it's a uh, an actual monetizable skill to know what a picture of Weird Al from 1984 looks like versus a picture of Al from 1994. <laughs> That's what we've been working towards, Mike. <laughs> I mean, That's my really, dream job. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it really is. It, it is unbelievable um, that, you know, for about two years out of my life, uh, out of my professional life, we were able to, you know, just sort of amidst everything else like that I do day to day as, uh, you know, just check out all these uh, photos and, ma- you know, really make a project that um, that Al fans would 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 fall in love with. And I really I, I, I can't I cannot take credit for and I honestly don't know who uh, we can credit with the idea of let's just do a box set of all his albums. Too. Let's do an accordion <laughs> of all the albums. Right. Um, but, you know, that is, a you know, just the, the proof of of the genius is at legacy recordings at work. And I don't say that with any, uh, with any sort of sarcasm. I mean, we really, you know, as, as catalog labels go, it really is one of the, uh, you know, most highly functioning, uh, you know, reissue labels around, (laughs) but, uh, but yeah, I mean, so yeah, I guess that's a roundabout way of how I, uh, came into the project, you know, I mean, it, it helped that I was, you know, I've obviously been a, a huge fan for uh, many years. I think it was around the time Alapalooza came out. My uh, my cousin had a this, the CD of, and you know, of course, I'm you know, but this time I'm about six or seven, and Jurassic Park is huge, and you know, kids love dinosaurs at that at that age. And uh, I was like, oh, this is it looks like Jurassic Park, but it's a, a guy. Right. What is that? What's that <laughs> album about? And then I kind of understood what his whole deal was, and. Um, you know, definitely by Bad Hair Day was, I think, when a lot of kids my age were sort of exposed to, uh, you know, Al's uh, unique sensibility. And um, I mean, I, I've got, I mean, I think we all have wonderful personal stories about, you know, living with Al's music. I mean, one for me was uh, when Straight Outta Linwood came out. Um, I was, uh, I guess, I was a sophomore in college. And I was uh, volunteering with our local, uh, the, the weekly student paper at the college I went to. And um, every, you know, every week I'd go down and help out the you know, production team and, you know, try to, you know, get favor as a, maybe an editor at some point, which I eventually was. And nice. um, I remember when, uh, when, when Shredder Linwood came out, someone was playing it and uh, the arts editor of, of the paper who I worked more or less directly for he was you know he was a a classic sort of uh frat guy you know had like long (laughs) sideburns and was and and was very you know he 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 was he was a good partier and uh, i remember 
you know, he was often, you know, kind of carefree. He wasn't super serious. And, and I'll never forget, you know, they're listening to, to Stranded on the Moon, and I, I sort of whispered to him, you know, I was very shy at that time, not like I am now. <laughs> um, and I, I whispered to him, I said, you know, I can't believe that other, you know, that there are other people that listen, you know, because it always seemed like something that you kind of geek out at, at, you know, the one lunch table on the side. It didn't seem like, you know, cool, you know, cultured <laughs> college kids would be listening to Weird Al in the same way. Um, and I'll never forget, he he kind of, he kind of stopped in his tracks and he looked, he looked me in the eye with an intensity. I had never, he had never looked me in the eye before and just said, Weird Al's a genius. And I, I thought of him, I thought of that guy every day I worked on this. Oh, concept. wow. Oh. <laughs> amazing <laughs> um to say nothing of of course of the wonderful 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 fans uh that al has cultivated over i guess it's fair to say 40 years if we're yeah. counting yeah. uh my Bologna. um you know just uh, you know that's the thing about again legacy in in general but this project in particular we really wanted it to be something that um that sort of transcended your typical okay you know it's the holidays here's a 150 dollar box set for people to buy and and um and i think it, it sort of you know bore out the way that people received it and i think people really enjoyed it um if i remember correctly it did actually chart on the billboard 200 which was neat um i believe it was i think two spots above i think sergeant pepper had recently been reissued so uh, take that, the Beatles. <laughs> what have they ever done? <laughs> right, right. Um, but it was just, I mean, you know, and, and, and the, you know, I think from the day that we announced it and, uh, you know, people were just so excited and um, I think it really exceeded everybody's expectations as to how it would do. And of course, culminating with, again, uh, the day that Megan and Annie and Al deservedly won uh, the Grammy was just uh you know to be even in that orbit you know was was uh you know sort of a, a, a culmination of you know i guess everything not only the work that we've done on that project but in a roundabout way for me i mean sort of my journey through uh you know working with music and and uh you know getting to work on something as special as that yeah that's just incredible there, i mean there's so many things uh that you said that i want to ask more about but the, the thing oh, that course. really uh, I guess the, for lack of a better word, triggered me is you said that um, you put together a list of what could be on the rarities demos thing. I would love to know what made it in, what didn't make it in, what were you hoping for, um, that kind of thing. I think I think everything that 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 we want that we expected would get that I think fans expected would get in would would I think get in. Um, I mean, of course, Al was, you know, Al had the final say over everything that would uh, would end up on the set. So, yeah, I can't think of anything that that that, you know, we would have been like, ah, gosh, it would have been nice to include. Um, I mean, you know, for me, having something like, you know, the, the a proper, you know, non bootleg sounding version of Pac-Man was very cool. Yeah. And, um, you know, the. Um, the Ramones cover before that came out on the Dr. Demento album was pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Um, beat it by, I think a couple months or a couple weeks or something like that. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, I'm trying to think what else. Um, I mean, I guess the Japanese, again, I think for me, because Alapalooza was my 
entryway into uh, into L. I think having the Japanese version of Jurassic Park was pretty neat. Um, gosh, you know, I think yeah, every I think everything that that is, uh, you know, there's nothing I can think of though. And gosh, you know, would have been nice to have that. And it's funny because I, I think oftentimes, um, you know, when, uh, I think in this business when fans of a certain artist say oh gosh why didn't they include that you know there's uh, for whatever you know whatever the reason is there usually is always a reason but i think in this case yeah. it was definitely i think everything that that you know was was meant to be included was included um i guess i remember th- i guess the the one thing i remember thinking about was um i guess more of the placebo ep i think mm-hmm. you know but um but you know, ultimately, I, th- I think getting again, like the demo of Yoda and Pac Man and, and and things, was um, was a was a real treat. Um, especially the the, de- the demo of Yoda for me, that was a there, there was a kind of a, a an interesting weird crossover uh, in my own personal life. My favorite um, my favorite movie is um, is E. T. the Extraterrestrial, mm-hmm. and. Um, okay. Around the time that Squeezebox came out, uh, it was the anniversary of, of E.T., and I happened to know some people who were working on some anniversary events, and uh, by chance I happened to meet uh, a man named Robert McNaughton who played the older brother in the, in the film. He lives here in New York, and uh, we we hit it off, and he had recently told a story in the press um, sort of promoting the anniversary, I think a Blu-ray was coming out. That he remembered the day that he um, he and Henry Thomas, who played Elliot, uh, the, the day they shot the scene where he first sees ET for the first time, that he had this idea, or Henry had this idea, was why don't you, when you're repeating back, you have absolute power. Why don't you do it in a Yoda voice? And the reason that they did it in a Yoda voice was because they had ju- they were listening, I guess, the day before to Doctor Demento, wow. who had played what. Uh, if you do the math, because ET came out, ET was filmed in '81, came out in '82, so Dare to Be Stupid hadn't come out yet, so he heard. The demo version that Al submitted to to Demento, which, oh, wow. <laughs> and there there it was on this uh, on on this uh, medium rarities disc. So you know, again, one of my favorite musicians and my my all time favorite movie, uh, kind of weirdly colliding at the same time was uh, was a little surreal. And I'm you know getting to tell Robert that that story, and um, in fact, uh, Robert has a, a wonderful Instagram where he. Um, you know, when I guess E.T. was reissued at one point and they did toys, action figures, and he uh, has an action figure of himself that he brings to different comic cons oh. and things. And he has <laughs> the Stranger Things folk, the kids from Stranger Things and, and uh, you know, uh, members of Kiss and Elvis Costello. And and um, I I borrowed his uh, his figure. And I uh, when I last saw Al after the Forest Hill show, I, I asked if he wouldn't mind. Uh, taking a photo and he very uh very gamely did and uh i believe robert photoshopped him uh al and the figure into uh into dagobah the swamps of dagobah so (laughs) that's amazing yeah so that was a that was a fun little uh you know a fun little call uh, you know call back call forward whatever you want to call it um It really was, you know, it really was something else. And, uh, you know, and again, it's a testament to, uh, you know, what a what a stand up guy Al is. I mean, you know, you in my line of work, I don't meet as many famous, you know, celebs as you might expect. 
Um, you know, I'll share elevators with them sometimes. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think largely, you know, we work with a lot of, you know, managers and, and other folks and especially on the catalog side of things. But again, for Al to be as, um, as involved as he was, and he really, um, you know, uh, down to the, you know, remastering, I mean, everything, you know, everything that I think the fans like about this project is I think because Al, you know, would not say yes until it was it, it, it you know was meeting his um his specifications mm-hmm. and you know that's obviously again a legacy and something we try to uh strive for and um so to, again to have the uh, the input of of an artist like al was really just unbelievable and one thing that struck me with what you said is that you got to look through bermuda's collection now ethan and i are big weird al collectors and I would sure. love a chance to look through Bermuda's collection. So I would like to know, you have put a ton of great stuff in the book you know, sure. from Bermuda's collection, but what were some of the items that you just saw in Bermuda's collection that you just blew your mind or you're like, oh, this has to go in the book? I mean, you know, some of the things that unfortunately, I don't know that, I don't know how many things we scanned that weren't photos because there was a lot of memorabilia. I mean, I remember yeah. there was a, a wonderful, um, like an eat it, like a, but, a pin back button. And I remember thinking, I wish that we had actually repressed those, you know, or reprinted those, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely one of the one uh, one of the more interesting finds, and it didn't even as as big a fan as I'm, it didn't immediately ring a bell. We opened up a box at one point, and there were several plastic scorpions. And I'm thinking to myself, why are there scorpions in this box? <laughs> and John says, well, well, you know, there's the, the scene in, in the Disney Channel special, Weirdo Yankovic, There's No Going Home, where at one point John is covered in scorpions for uh, some sort of a sight gag, and he saved a scorpion. Um, you know, I, I mean, I, I often – I often, I mean, I, I hope that someday, you know, as much as there was, we we uh, we did of this in in this set. I hope that you know, I would love to see John do a book of his own someday. I mean, he's got obviously got so many stories as the 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 you know one of the people who was you know there at the beginning. Um, I mean, I remember he. Uh, I think we might have recorded this at one point. He pulled out the um, the uh, the when he went to you know Westwood One where he met. Al for the first time and eventually drummed on, uh, you know, banged the uh, the accordion case on another one rides the bus. He saved his visitors' pass for that day. <laughs> so it's a and 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 I remember asking him like I was like, did you know? And he goes, you know, something just told me that I I should I should do you know I should hold on to this. And thank goodness he did and 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 held on to everything else because you know it gave us this wonderful you know, record. I mean, I often, um, you know, I say the rock and roll hall of fame, which by the way, should induct Al at some point. Um, but I would love to see, you know, someday in, in, you know, some sort of an exhibition where, uh, where all this, you know, stuff can be seen by the public and, you know, you add to that, I mean, all the costumes and, you know, so many uh, things, you know, physical things that exist. I mean, I, I think any, any museum worth their salt, um, or, you know, would would do well to maybe consider that at some point. I know I just saw Al, I think, posted on Instagram today that I think Gallery 1988 out in L.A. I think is doing a, an art show. And that that's another wonderful thing that, um, you know, it's, again, a testament to the uniqueness of of the this fan community. Um, you know, how many 
artists can you say that there's oh there's an art show you know or right. the, i mean you look <laughs> at the the posters from the last tour which were all just brilliant um and i you know delighted every day in seeing you know which posters were unveiled you know i mean it is funny i mean you know helping you know helping out with you know maybe just you know the newsletter that gets sent out to you know through email that gets sent out to fans and just you know so it's like you sort of know this stuff is happening maybe ahead of time but it doesn't it doesn't take away when you sort of see it and you know and not for nothing i mean i'm you know not only am i you know helping out with copy i'm also a subscriber to the newsletter so when i get it in my inbox and go oh we did this Amazing. You know, I mean, one of I mean, one of my favorite things, which which um, which I got to see if we if I, I'm sure I still have it was what we did a newsletter. Um, you know, when we were compiling the stuff for the book, our archivist down in, in Sony Music Archives, um, he we had, uh, he'd been moving some uh, like flat, like flat files around. And he uh, he took, you know, took a picture on his phone. He said. This must be Weird Al related, but I'm not quite sure what this is. Do you know what it is? And it's, you know, a very, um, you know, a, you know, painting size of what became the the artwork for uh, the Food Album. Wow. And I knew immediately what that was, and I said, "Oh my goodness, we found the Food Album artwork." <laughs> and I remember I I had asked. I said. You know, the guy, of course, who painted it was, you know, Doug Lawrence, the great, um, you know, not only a great artist, but the, the, the voice of Philbert, the turtle on Rocco's Modern Life and Plankton on SpongeBob SquarePants. And um, I said, you know, gosh, we should I should see if we can get in touch with him. And, and we ended up doing a, a little thing for the uh, for the newsletter about you know sort of a you know brief uh you know five paragraphs or something about you know doug you know had talked to me about his um you know his experience uh being commissioned to, to do that artwork and working with al and everything and um you know and again as a as a quote-unquote 90s kid um it was really great I'm like oh my gosh that's the that's the voice of filbert on the other end <laughs> <laughs> so really you know i guess all of which to say it's just like it, it the 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 blessings is the first word that comes to my mind but it's just the the, the great stuff never really stopped and i think still in a way hasn't really stopped um you know i mean culminating in getting to talk to you guys <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's just, it's, just, it's really, it's just, it's, you know, really been great to, um, to, you know, to work on something like this and to, you know, and to be entrusted, you know, by, by Al and, and, you know, Jay, who does, of course, amazing work for Al as he has for many years. It's just been, you know, great, you know, saying, all right, we, you know, this is, you know, good work, guys. You know, there's really, there's nothing, nothing quite like that. Now, was there anything in Bermuda's collection that he let you keep that he said, "Hey, you can have this"? <laughs> you know, I didn't. I didn't ask. It was. It was such a, just such a treat to, to you know, to to speak with him, and you know, still, you know, we of course, you know, are still in correspondence, and uh, you know, it's 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 always, you know, the, the, for me, it's you know, and again, as someone who owns, you know, literally 
thousands of, of CDs. <laughs> um, you know, I'm obviously a physical uh, packaging consumer type of guy, but um, yeah, I never really thought to ask. I was like, you know, this is just, this is so much fun to see all this stuff. Um, so yeah, I guess I, I never, never thought to ask. <laughs> I'd love to know more about what you personally collect. Oh my gosh. Um, what do I personally collect? I mean, uh, my girlfriend would probably say too much. <laughs> um, no, but I, um, I mean, I, uh, I collect a lot of, um, you know, pin back buttons and lapel pins. And I mean, music is of course, has always been my first love. Um, gosh, what else do I collect? Hmm. I mean, I'm all, I'm a big Prince fan. So there's a lot of Prince ephemera in our, in our apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, again, ET is, you know, big, big fan of that movie. Um, and, uh, you know, have a couple of nice pieces of artwork hanging around, you know, that's usually, I think that's how I try to manifest it now is, you know, the, the, the older I get, it's like, there's a lot of plastic in here. It's just <laughs> right. kind of sitting <laughs> on the pledge music website. There were these little, you had mentioned that Bermuda had recorded one of them. I forget what they called them, but they were the little, um, updates that they gave out of them. Yes. Were, mm-hmm. were you involved with those as well? Yeah. Well, I was, yeah, I believe I was like, were there, there were videos, right? Yeah. My, uh, yes. Yes. I believe, yeah, we, those, we filmed, I guess when we were the second time we were out with Bermuda, um, which was lovely. And, uh, we did, you know, a little bit of some, you know, fact videos and things. I mean, again, one of my big primary day-to-day things is making sure that, you know, is this release date accurate? Is this, you know, chart fact accurate? Um, so it was a lot of fun to sort of do that. And I think one of the, you know, you try not to have an ego about it, but I think one of the, one of the more humorous things in process of those, uh, those little, pieces of content was you know for all the people who you know were much you know much more learned and and had been at sony for much longer than than i had been it was a real treat you know they said all right you know mike what do you think and once you know once i said yeah they're like all right well then it's good to go that people (laughs) that people were able to you know that people you know trusted i guess my judgment was uh was kind of neat that's really cool you know (laughs) You know, because, you know, I think because in some level, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm always going to feel like, I guess, the, you know, mid-20s guy who started working at, at Sony and sort of like gasping at everything, he, you know, he he, uh, he started seeing, even though I am now a much older and, and wiser 32 years old. <laughs> <laughs> Going on 32 and a half. Uh, <laughs> But um, no, but I mean, it's just it's it's so, you know, I think that's I think true of any job. But, you know, the the, you know, when you're in a position to say, yes, I do know the answer to that question or, you know, I mean, I think to this day, if there's anything sort of owl related uh, day to day at the uh, at the office, I like, well, speak to Mike. He knows. (laughs) (laughs) Which is really great. Mike, do you think that we'd ever see more re-releases of Al's stuff, such as the food album or TV album? I mean, I would love to see those put out on vinyl, for example. That's a that's a good question. I, those would be fun. I mean, the one thing I always keep thinking about, and you know, who you know, of course, it's really you know whatever. I mean, Al is obviously the driver with all these things. Um, but the one thing I always go back to is um, 
the videos. Um, yeah. You know, obviously all the videos, you know, were you know were beautifully shot, and I think uh, maybe having some of them, you know, converted to HD would be a lot of fun. Yeah, that'd be at amazing. some point. Um, you know, I mean, even uh, I think one thing that that we found in the last uh, six months or a year or so with different artists is that you maybe go to an artist's YouTube channel, like uh, uh, Bruce Springsteen is a good example. If you go to Bruce Springsteen's YouTube channel, you start seeing the, you know, concerts that have been released on DVD. You know, obviously the physical market is a little bit different than it was maybe 10 years ago. And so you start seeing these, um, you know, these, these long form videos being sort of released as, as, uh, you know, consumable, um, YouTube, I guess, playlists would be the right term for it. And I mean, you know, there's the, there's the live, I think the, uh, video that was either nine on the writing with scissors tour, you know, there could be more stuff, you know, existing for all I know, which, um, you know, uh, the, there's no going home, you know, all those sorts of, you know, little, uh, those, those, those different, um, you know, live sets, because of course, you know, in, obviously you guys know as well as anybody that nothing really beats the experience of actually seeing him on tour. But I think seeing, you know, how the shows have evolved over the years and, you know, that we're lucky to have some of them on video, it would be nice, uh, you know, at some point, um, to uh you know to maybe explore some more of that i mean i've always thought you know and again it's you know the the marketplace is obviously different but i've often wondered you know what would a video component to squeeze box look like that would be so cool just an idle thought (laughs) but you know who knows who you know the there are a lot of infinite possibilities. <laughs> well, if if that does happen, you know you can sell at least seven of them to the two of us. <laughs> and you can there put you me go. down for a test pressing. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. <laughs> Maybe I'll go in on that this time. <laughs> now, I'm curious about, I'm seeing a lot of these kind of reissue places put out cassette tapes and sometimes I've even seen them put out eight tracks and that sort of thing. Was there any discussion over putting out a cassette version of squeeze box or an eight track version or anything like that? I, not to my knowledge. And I, th- I think, you know, I think the, 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 the challenge that with, with any sort of box set is, you know, when does it sort of blurring the line between art piece <laughs> and an actual, something you actually listen to. And yeah. I mean, you know, I think, you know, vinyl, it's, I mean, you know, there's, there's, vinyl has both and CDs, I think have both too, where it's, they're nice to look at. Um, but also you can actually listen to them. You can put, you know, a CD you can take in your car and you can, you know, actually hear it, or you could rip it to your iTunes library if you want, or, you know, vinyl sometimes has a download code. So, you, you know, even if you don't have a record player handy, uh, you know, your, your purchasing of, you know, an album for 20 or $25 is, you know, validated by having the download redemption. So you can listen to it. Um, you know, I don't, I'm not sure that, um, I'm not sure where, where cassettes are at in yeah. that, <laughs> in, in the grand, in that grand scheme of things. Yeah. It's been interesting to me because I, I mean, like you said, I, I appreciate holding a physical CD. I appreciate holding a physical vinyl, but outside of an Al cassette for my collection, there's not a whole lot <laughs> I would ever do. Right. With it. 
cassette tape. Right. I mean, I'm I, I'm sure I still have my my Alapalooza cassette tape at some uh, somewhere <laughs> in in my parents' basement. I'm sure. Um, but it's not. It's certainly not getting as much attention as my CD of Alapalooza or my digital files. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now, when it comes to CD or vinyl, do you have a preference or both, or what is your thought on that? I am. I am. Uh, so for a couple reasons, I, I am. And I feel like I'm in the minority, and I think that the, the numbers kind of bear this out in the in the industry. But I'm a CD guy. Wow. Uh, I truly am. I think you know. I, I mean, I do love the packaging of vinyl. It's hard to deny that. And I'm not a person who, you know, who, um, you know, is is begrudging about having to stand up and flip an album over or anything like that. <laughs> but I just, I guess, just you know, I think for, I guess, you know, I live in the city. I'm a commuter. You know, going into the subway and things. It's like, gosh, I would really love to hear, you know, how, you know, how, what's like, how do, how are you listening to music most often? And I guess for me, it's, you know, it's, it's having it on my, my still kicking iPod. And for me, that's, you know, that's a matter of ripping, you know, thousands and thousands of CDs and making yeah. sure that they're, uh, you know, that they're on, on a well, well, uh, maintained hard drive. <laughs> so yeah, that's where I, that's where I fall. But, you know, I mean, look, I mean, my first, big project with legacy was uh, 2014 i it was it was the 30th anniversary of uh, ghostbusters another movie i love and i said wow. wouldn't it be cool if we did for well, maybe for record store day if we did a, a ghostbusters thing and we had this you know we started brainstorming this idea and we decided on doing a uh, sort of a, a green a slime green colored vinyl like glowed <laughs> in the dark and wow, um i want that and, and yeah that was a lot that was a lot of fun and it is you know it's funny because for for many years i think both uh, you know fe fellow music industry types uh people i went to high school with that still followed me on facebook um i think that they knew me as a as sort of the ghostbusters guy and then that was kind of supplanted uh but as as the weird owl guy right <laughs> Which is always pretty, pretty fun. And it's, and, you know, and it's also kind of funny, you know, when somebody, you know, maybe, you know, he does something newsworthy and somebody sends it to me, you know, oh, have you seen this? And, you know, usually the answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think Dave and I uh, feel some of that pain. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, you know, it's, I mean, I was talking about et and i think over the weekend that you know thanksgiving weekend they just had this big commercial for a cable company and et was in it and uh you know i think i got five texts at once <laughs> um which which look it's so it's always nice to know that people are thinking of you i oh, mean of course you know it would be you know imagine if you know you saw something bad on on tv and was like oh thought of you <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's like, oh, a friendly alien from the 80s. Uh, that, 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 that makes me think of Mike. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, oh, we just saw this this uh, news guy really beef it on live television. Uh, <laughs> that makes me think of Mike. <laughs> yeah, if you get five texts with a beef and news guy, you're... 
Right. <laughs> well, and I mean, I mean, the, 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 the morbid thing I said to a friend who had texted me, I said, the last time I got this many texts was when actually when Prince passed away. And that mm. was a very, mm. very sad day. So it's much, much happier thinking about people associating me with a cute commercial they saw on television. <laughs> well, I wish I knew it because I would have texted you as well. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. <laughs> We'll start forwarding you all the weird alt texts that we get as well. Oh my goodness, <laughs> that's like a good. That would be like a good Tumblr or something like. Yeah. Weird weird alt texts. <laughs> I think I think we may be onto something. I think here. we are now, Mike. I wanted to ask you about the the second disc. Uh, this is ah. a site that you put together. Are you, are you still involved in that? Can you tell our listeners I... about that? Um, you know, um, my name exists on the on the mantelpiece as the founder. Um, all sort of day to day operations go to uh, you know are, are the purview of my wonderful uh, colleague and editor uh, Joe Marchese, who is a, a, a tremendous writer researcher in his own right. Uh, under his aegis, the uh, the site has um, become a, a, a label as well, which is very cool. Uh, working with the, the company Real Gone Music, Second Disc Records has done some really great uh, archival work from you know Johnny Mathis to Melissa Manchester and uh, uh, Bobby Darren, the Supremes, all sorts of uh, just really fascinating stuff. But uh, but I can lay claim to having uh, uh, you know uh, bought the domain uh, <laughs> ten years ago, um, and it's really and uh, you know and that's and that's I'm glad you brought that up because it is something I, I do love to to talk to people uh, sort of regardless of whether you're an Al fan or not. But I, I think it's a very important, I think, in, especially in the, I guess the 2010s, now that we're almost out of the 2010s, it's a really important for me. Uh, it's, it's really how I came into my line of work. You know, I was, um, you know, studying journalism in, in college and I graduated college at a time when the economy was kind of in the toilet. And, um, I knew I wanted to write for many years. I was very interested in the aspects of catalog music. And I think it was, you know, at some point after graduating, I think, you know, the Beatles catalog had been remastered and put out on CD. And I thought to myself, you know, beyond the Rolling Stone gift guides of the world, nobody's really talking about catalog music with any sort of, um, you know, enthusiasm and and consistency that you would be talking about maybe a, a new artist. So with that in mind, from my childhood bedroom where I had moved back in with my parents, I um, I started the second disc. And uh, to my absolute amusement and, and fascination, it, it took off. And um, in a roundabout way, you know, the contacts you make through, you know, talking to people with different labels, uh, that is that is actually how um, you know I, I first was a consultant and then you know managed to uh, you know swim upstream well enough and and get uh, you know nine to five or ten to six as it were uh, you know um, uh, gig with uh, with legacy which was you know really you know and I think it's I guess it's just, it's important you know putting yourself out there uh, is and and following the the thing that you're most passionate about it you know there are obviously moments where it gets a little dicey you know where you feel like you're just kind of infinitely moving uphill 
but the fact that you know and and again the fact that i started that site it will be 10 years next uh, next month in january wow. so the idea that you know that something i started 10 years ago got me the chance to you know work with you know doing a cool thing for ghostbusters fans and working on squeezebox and getting to see you know two people who three people rather who all included who put so much work into making such a great project uh seeing them win the grammy and you know i've been able to you know i've interacted with fans uh at paisley park where prince uh lived and recorded um you know, so because Legacy has recently started doing some work with the Prince Estate uh, in the last year or year and a half, and and again, all because I had this idea of like, hey, somebody should be doing this, and so it, I think if you, it, I think you know, for for the listeners out there, if there is any one thing that 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 you don't see being done, and you know, in whatever, whether it's music or writing or anything, um, pursue that. You know, you be the person who is doing that. I mean, I look at you guys. I mean, there was no Weird Al podcast before you guys came around. I don't think. I hope I'm not, you know, opening up some awful turf war with a <laughs> with a with a with an otherwise unknown Weird Al podcast. You know, um, sorry to the uh, I'm trying to think of a good of a, a good fake Weird Al podcast type, uh, <laughs> title that you guys have a rivalry rivalry with. You know, like. Uh, you know, Amish pod dice. No, it's not, not good. <laughs> I tried. I tried. They didn't hire me for comedy. <laughs> Amish pod dice. I like that. <laughs> so now you guys have a, have a, have a turf war. <laughs> this has been really great, Mike. This, I mean, oh. what an amazing thing you got to do and, and what an amazing product that you helped create for us and all the Weird Al fans. Well, and you know, and and thank you guys. You know, it, it is it, it is not a, a cliche to say that you know well, for any of the artists, whether that's you know Elvis or Johnny Cash or Hall and Oates or Whitney Houston or Weird Al. You know, that's we. You know, we are nothing without the the, the people who are listening and who are you know. Uh, really you know so supporting these artists and i think that's you know that's a, a, a thing you can say about squeezebox in particular is that you know it's it's the the it's al's commitment to you know quality product over the years he's you know he's not you know um, you know previous you know other comp contractually mandated compilations aside you know there's not a whole lot of um you know, oh God, I gotta buy this thing now. I gotta buy that thing. But but he also, when there are things that people can buy, they're of such high quality because Al is such a quality artist uh, that that it doesn't you know it doesn't feel like a you know some sort of consumerist obligation. And so <laughs> when you know uh, when when you know he you know very magnanimously said, hey, you know. There's this box set if people would like to buy it. 
uh, of all my albums and, and some other cool stuff in there and all the cool stuff we did with the pledge, the socks and the, the shirt and, yeah. uh, you know, all the, all those other fun things, you know, people, the, 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 the proof is in the pudding as it were people, you know, open their wallets. Yes. But they also open their hearts <laughs> to, uh, to this, to this project. Um, and it's just, you know, it's, it's, uh, I mean, this, the story I always think of is the Rolling Stone piece that when uh, that I think when Mandatory Fun came out, um, you know, and, and I uh, could not remember who wrote the piece, but I believe that they were with Al when I believe Jay called and said, it looks like Mandatory Fun's going to hit number one. And he and he, he cried, you know, and, and Suzanne is with him and, he, and she says, you know, that's just people loving you like they always have. And I, I cried when I read that because it's, yeah. it's so true. It's, you know, it, he, and again, you know, the, it's, you know, for people, fans who've met him, other people, you know, he really is one of the nicest guys in show business. That is not a, that is not a cliche. And I think without getting too heavy about it, I think that the world that we live in, um, Sometimes it feels like people who are not always as nice um, have a lot of influence. But Al is an example that you can actually be very nice to people and 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 consistently, you know, be a, a, a very, very extremely talented artist and musician um, and 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 make people laugh and, uh, you know, and and things things are working out okay you know i don't know if that makes any sense but <laughs> i think that's extremely well said <laughs> but it's just it's a nice reminder for you know for me and that's you know and i mean you know i mean gosh every, i think all these stories i mean you know i'm yeah there were definitely days where where this you know when we were trying to get everything ready all the pages finished and oh gosh this is you know it's like really want to get this done by a certain time and you know you feel stressed out and it's like oh gosh this is this is you know it's almost like don't let your your passion become your job it it would sometimes feel like and then i would come home uh, on uh, you know on the subway and what would i do i would start listening to weird Al, you know (laughs) and and all and any any frustration i might have felt about the day-to-day it just evaporates you know, and again, you know, and for someone, and I really, I can't say in the, I mean, both Megan and Annie, but particularly, um, you know, Annie soul and I were in the trenches on that thing every day. And, um, you know, and, and I think as anyone who knows her, or follows her, knows um, she's just a, a, a extremely talented artist and an extremely passionate person. And the, the kind of, um, the, the kind of person that you want there to be met, as many of in the universe as possible. And, um, you know, that's something that's been a real joy, um, be, you know, you know, beyond getting to work on this thing and seeing her amazing work sort of take flight and, and again, be, you know, recognized by one of the industry's highest, uh, awards. Um, it's just been really cool. And seeing her, uh, you know, seeing her continue to be a, a extremely positive force in music and art is uh, is a real joy. And um, you know, so getting to call our coworker is pretty cool, but getting to call her my friend is really cool as well. Getting mushy now. <laughs> <laughs> that happens. I'm 
I'm maniacally sincere. Anyone, anyone who knows me can tell you that. <laughs> As a fan of Weird Al, I would be, be very happy with a box set, a complete collection of the box set, plus an entire disc of rarities. In you know, but you guys went ahead and remastered everything. Yes. So what was that process like? And what was anything that you found at after being remastered that you're like, oh, that just sounds a thousand times better than what I was expecting it to? Well, you know, I tell you, the the we have a wonderful A and R team that that sort of over you know members of the A and R team that oversaw the remastering process, and I I I dare not speak for them on a on a technical level, um, but I will again reiterate I think what I said earlier that um, you know to to know that that Al himself was very involved in this process and that you know uh, that he, every test pre you know. Every test pressing that we did, you know, and and that and you only have to hear a small piece of his discography to know that this, you know, the man has ears, you know, the the, the way that he assembles uh, his songs, you know. And I've often said, from an academic level, that would be, I mean, to start with, a, you know, to start self-producing with a record like um, "Off the Deep End" and start the literally the first song being smells like nirvana a song that was you know uh, had such studio polish to it and was and was heralding a completely new sort of sound and smells like teen spirit and then for al to 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 you know work with himself and the band and his engineers and to um to make it sound almost indecipherable or almost indistinguishable rather from from smells like teen spirit um it's just a testament to this guy's talent i mean i remember you know, like talking to Bermuda and saying, uh, you know, like a song like "Why Does This Always Happen to Me," the Ben Folds pastiche from uh, was that Poodle Hat, I believe. Yes. Um, that I mean, that's I'm again, I'm a huge Ben Folds fan and a huge Ben Folds Five fan, and I remember talking to Bermuda. I said, "Man, how did you like? You guys got you got your drums to sound the same way that Darren Jesse's drums sounded like on whatever and ever, Amen. Like, this isn't just." Oh, what if this melody was similar to a to a Ben Folds song, or it had some harmonies like Ben Folds has harmonies? Like it, that's just not enough, you know. Or even as recent as as uh, Mandatory Fun, you know. One thing I never forget, maybe was, I can't tell you what time it was. I was listening to the record, but I it had been out for a little bit, and I had was listening, and all of a sudden I realized that on word crimes the the you know marvin gay style uh, glass bottle percussion of blurred lines that if i think if you go maybe like every third measure if you listen very closely and i'm sure with the new remasters hint hint uh you can you can tell even better that you can hear the sound of one of those glass bottles cracking and breaking as though somebody hit it too hard that is genius like i i, I you know again i hearken back to my 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 college colleague who looked me dead in the eye and said weird al's a genius well if that if that doesn't prove it i don't know what does that you know that it's not just enough to have a funny song and here he is you know making these you know making these you know mini epics basically and and sort of you know and and again i uh, you know i know what you i dave i know what you did with the, the walk of fame <laughs> you know like uh, you know, so mobilize the troops because you know. I mean, I gotta figure out who these who these voters are at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But but um, 
but <laughs> he needs to get in because the 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 the, the the impact and the, the how he's reflected popular music and chronicled popular music over the last 35, 40 years is really, um, you know, is really uh, amazing. You know, like that's that's the roadmap. If you you know, if you're a, I think better than, you know, any sort of, you know, I love the retrospective or anything you want to hear. You want to really understand what people were listening to at the time Well, you go listen to the Weird Al records of 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 the respective times and you and you check them out and then you want to you want to know how you know people sort of interpreted comedy i mean you look at the lonely Island, and you look at you know people like seth myers or jimmy fallon like what like how comedy is sort of interpreted i don't think it's a an exaggeration to say that al is kind of a trailblazer in that respect and also not for nothing but if you think of sort of from a political aspect if you think of how the rock and roll hall of fame usually well it's like we got to have a really cool telecast uh, you know well you're going to get that without yeah. cuz you're you cuz yeah. you got a you got a band that, that has been together since the 80s that you know there's no there's no infighting it's not like you got to get uh, you know, Steve or Jim to agree to be, uh, you know, <laughs> to reunite or, um, you know, they're, they're all a phone call away and you know it, that, you know, 15, 20, 25 minutes that you, that you're going to get on the telecast is going to be, is going to be hysterical and knowing Al, it would probably be even funnier than it, than it would be on any tour, you know, with, with the cost, you know, you know, he probably, he would, you know, take it to 11 as it were. Yeah. Yep. So make the right decision, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You, I'm not, I'm not, not going to lead you astray on this one. <laughs> <laughs> That's my take. The one thing I'm going to say is that a lot of artists look at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as adding legitimacy to their careers. Inversely, I would say that adding Al to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame would add legitimacy to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I I think everybody listening to this and many more would probably feel the same way. And I, as, <laughs> as look, I mean, I very gleefully, I think I had just been hired full-time and I very uh, enthusiastically attended the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2014 and I loved every minute of it. And it was really, without, without being silly about it, it really was one of those wacky, testament to the power of rock and roll sort of incidents like you know seeing the east street band and seeing people like lord and saint vincent and you know covering nirvana who had gotten in and seeing hall and oates get in peter gabriel and all you know it was this beautiful like moment and it was it felt like kind of ascending to rock and roll heaven as it were (laughs) um and i know that you know whatever whatever that feeling for me would probably be tenfold if uh if and hopefully when al uh, receives that honor yeah and of course as you guys well know that uh, is that and more you know i'm not to disparage the other people in the in the hall but you know a lot of times it is sort of a looking back at all the great things that that's an artist has done in their career but for al it's it would just be one you know one really great moment on the road to whatever the next great thing is you know whatever the next great song or the next great you know whatever of of, of, you know voice appearance in a television show or something like that (laughs) you know like it's you know he's you know he is this guy to whom you know people are like yes you know <laughs> this has been a blast mike this i mean oh. thank you so much for joining us thank you my goodness <laughs> <laughs>
Can we follow you online? Yeah, I have an. In- I do have an Instagram. I you know post uh, you know various fun shows and things I go to. Uh, it, I guess it would be uh, Sir S I R underscore uh, Duke D U Q U E. A very playful pun on my surname <laughs> and one and, and one that was that was was not taken i really thought i was gonna have to maybe use three underscores <laughs> no i got it i got it in one and, and i'm proud of that frankly well, we'll check you out on instagram sir underscore duke d-u-q-u-e and, and also and also i would by i would be remiss if i did not say uh legacy recordings follow them on all the social follows on instagram on twitter on facebook quality quality content letting you know about all sorts of great archival releases you know and just some fun you know fun memories of hey remember when this thing hit number one or remember this song or you know we got christmas coming up you know you know people will be listening to songs like last christmas or all i want for christmas is you and (laughs) i i know I, i i love those songs Still, and if you love those songs too, you'll love legacy recordings. How about that? <laughs> Wonderful. And and Mike, we hope that you'll keep us in mind when uh, more squeeze boxes come out. The eight track oh. uh, <laughs> guitar, or... the wax cylinder. <laughs> yes, yes, the wax cylinder set. I will. And I will that video it. collection, that complete video collection. Yes, looking for uh, that too. Let's let's hope. Let yes. us know. <laughs> Definitely. Awesome. Thanks again. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Mike. A huge thank you to Mike Duquette. It was such a pleasure to talk to such a big Weird Al super fan and hear all of his great stories. Yeah, I loved getting to talk to him. I loved learning how big of a fan of Al he really was. And getting to see a peek behind the scenes of something as amazing as the squeeze box was just so cool. So thank you, Mike. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, Mike shared with us a picture that he took with Bermuda on the day that they were going through their archives. We posted that over on our Facebook group, so you definitely want to check that one out. As we've mentioned, we made a limited number of beautiful screen print posters for the UHF event that we did with Jonah Ray back in January. There are just a couple of those left. So first come, first serve, get in touch with me, Dave, or Frank, and we'll be sure to get you one of those before they're gone. We also have sticker packs available, so you can get those by asking us as well. Yeah, please get in touch with us ASAP if you want to purchase either one of those items. And we just launched our brand new Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast merchandise shop. Woo! There's so much fun stuff there. You can get a pillow with Ethan and my face on it. <laughs> and why wouldn't you get a pillow with our faces on it? <laughs> why wouldn't you just get a ton of pillows with our faces on them? Why would you even have a mattress when you could just <laughs> string together a dozen or so of our pillows? <laughs> we got to figure out how to get a Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast mattress up in that shop. That is a great idea. <laughs> Also, Dave, we have some really cool T-shirts available. You can pick what color you want. You can get our logo, a solid color of our logo, the caricature of Dave and I, the cool design of Dave, Jonah, and myself. There's some really cool options on there, and you can have fun changing up the colors. We can't wait to see what people come up with. Head on over to shop 
www.2000inch.com to see our selection, and I can't wait to see what else we're planning on adding to that shop. Speaking of that, we are working on adding fresh, delicious, vegan Mexican food options to the shop. This week's episode brought to you in part by vegan Mexican restaurant Burrito Burrito in Troy, New York, home of the two-pound double wrapped in a quesadilla burrito burrito. Come on down to Burrito Burrito and Burrito Burrito, your Burrito Burrito. Find them at burritosquared.com and at burritosquared on Instagram. And remember, not every burrito is a burrito burrito burrito, but every burrito 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 can be burrito burrito I cannot wait until I can place an order for a fresh, delicious burrito burrito from shop.2000inch.com. It'll happen one day, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think we'll also have the ability to add vegan Twinkie Wiener sandwiches to the shop? That would be a stretch goal for sure. (laughs) (laughs) A huge thank you to everyone who has placed an order so far at shop.2000inch.com. And a huge thank you to every one of our listeners, every one of our subscribers, and everyone who follows us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at 2000inch. And also, thank you to those who have joined our Facebook group and, of course, those who support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash 2000inch. This past week, we surprised everyone on our Patreon list by mailing a sticker pack with two extra special exclusive stickers. One was autographed by Jonah Ray himself, and the other was an amazingly cool holographic foil sticker of Dave, Jonah, and myself. Join in the fun for surprises like these and other great benefits. Patreon.com slash 2000 inch. I am going to sign up right now. You know, you can always find us online at 2000 inch.com. And you know, you always got to make sure to share our posts on all your social media. Tell all your friends about the podcast. And if they don't know who Weird Al is, slap them. If you need to slap them 27 times, slap them 27 times. No more than that, please. And of course, you can leave us messages 24 hours a day that we may or may not play on the podcast at 347 Spatula. Seriously, leave us a message. It's so much fun. I am so excited for next week's episode. We are interviewing the composer for My Little Pony, who also happens to have recorded and toured with Al on the Stupid Tour in 1985. And he was a music producer for The Weird Al Show, the incredible Will Anderson. That was Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, episode 41-inch. Behind the scenes, behind the scenes, behind the scenes. <laughs>